Thank you for joining us for the parenting program. My name is Angie Flynn. Hi, I'm reading from the parents' website. It takes a village to raise a child, but what if you don't have that community? Families are finding themselves without that proverbial village and still figuring out how to make it work by Michelle Hainer, published on February 23, 2023. In August, I started a new job, the first time I've worked full-time outside of our home in nearly 15 years. It's practically perfect, creative work that I enjoy and can do close to my house and both of my kids' schools, and yet my husband couldn't work from home part of the week, and if we didn't have friends and neighbors who were willing to help shuttle our kids to their activities, I probably would have had to pass on this opportunity. Never has the saying, it takes a village, meant more to me and to many families across the country than it does now. But what if you don't have a village? What if, like my family, you don't have grandparents nearby who are able to watch the kids? Or if the cost of hiring private help makes having a job hardly worth the effort? How are parents expected to work in a country that does little to make this sustainable? We don't support working women who are mothers from day one, says Swapa Reddy, JD, DRPH, MPH, a clinical associate professor at the College of Health Solutions at Arizona State University in Tempe, Arizona. We live in a society that just expects women to figure it out. And that's exactly what many of us are doing in a panoply of patched together ways. Emily Popek, a communications professional in Oneta, New York, has become known as the spreadsheet mom in her town because she has a working list of every summer program, camp, and activity in her area. It's a title I wear proudly, but with a little bit of frustration too because it shouldn't be this hard to just raise kids and work and exist, she says, adding that paying for private childcare for her daughter now 11, has had a massive impact on her family's budget. If I need to fill a childcare gap, it comes out of mine or my husband's work time. We just don't have a lot of other options. It's a struggle many families are shouldering, especially when their kids are small. Before age five, if the parent's responsibility to provide childcare, yet families are at the lowest earning years of their lives when their kids are young says Taryn Morrissey, Ph.D., a professor in the School of Public Affairs at American University in Washington, D.C. So they rely on family members or neighbors, or they take time out of the workforce and make sacrifices in their careers, even if they don't want to. I am grateful that I was able to be home with my children when they were little, but I'd be lying if I said that I didn't think somewhat wistfully about the career opportunities that I could have been pursuing, or that I wasn't overwhelmed by the idea of figuring out who would have cared for my kids in my absence. My parents are deceased, my in-laws are in poor health, it was easier and cheaper to stay home, so I did. Joanna Tellender, a musician and actress in Tuxedo, New York, often took her kids with her to casting calls and chose roles that fit into her parenting schedule, but there were still conflicts. When my son was four years old, we were booked to work on a feature film. 
but then they asked me to stay for an extra day on the set and I had no one to watch him, she recalls. So I pivoted. I started teaching and doing things that could include kids. I used to go to three to four auditions a day. Now I go to that many a year. It really has to be worth it for me to make it work without childcare lined up. Another friend who has asked not to be identified put it this way. Sometimes there really isn't a village because you live far away from friends or family. Other times your child doesn't fit the mold of who the village is willing or able to care for. Self-care flies out the window, careers are lost, mental health diminishes, and relationships can be taxed. There is a glimmer of hope that one day this won't be the case. The one pardon, positive, pardon the pun, of the pandemic is the spotlight it's shown on the disparity between our expectations of what mothers can accomplish and the support we give them to do so. We're talking a lot more, especially about our children, says Reddy. There are a lot of single-parent households or households where the mom's salary is vital. If women are working outside of the home, we have to have safe, affordable child care. Earlier this month, Senator Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts proposed a plan to lower child care costs to $10 a day with higher income families spending no less than 7% of their income on child care and lower income families making less than 75% of their state's median income fully subsidized. A lack of child care is holding back our economy and keeping parents out of the workforce. It's giving lie to the notion that there's equal opportunity in our country, says Warren of the proposal. We can't build a future by shortchanging our babies and families. The more we invest in child care, the better for our families, our small businesses, and our entire economy. But until that day arrives, parents like me will keep piecing it together one villager at a time. How do we define ambition for parents? Experts say it's time to reframe what ambition looks like for caregivers, no matter what you do for a living. By Cassie Shortsleeve, published on February 15, 2023. About three and a half years ago, I was sitting on my couch as a new mom to a one-month-old and a self-employed journalist for the better part of my adult life, and I sent my sister a text my career is over. I was all of the things that many moms in this country are, sleep-deprived, shocked, confused, overwhelmed, and without any paid leave. Though I had the support structures of savings plus my husband's salary, which many parents in this country do not. Like many people of childbearing age in the U.S., I spent almost a decade building my career. The U.S. offers minimal to no support structures for parents, including no federal paid leave, no affordable accessible child care for all, no guarantee of paid sick leave for dependent care coverage, a woefully inadequate support for mothers. I was grappling with how the U.S. could possibly leave many caregivers so unsupported, forced to reconcile with work deadlines mere weeks after having a baby, all the while trying to raise a newborn. How does it work? When do you sleep? How is there time? As parents, we've heard that we can have it all. Then we heard we could, but just not at the same time. We were told to lean in, 
Then we were told to stop and embrace a softer, slower life. All these buzz terms are seeped into how we value ourselves in a capitalistic society. Experts say it's time we reframe success and ambition and go back to the basics so we can feel healthier and more accomplished, no matter what we do for a living. Ambition and the Working Parent If you look up the definition of ambition in the dictionary, you'll find that it is all about the desire and hard work. A strong desire to do or achieve something typically requiring determination and hard work. At its heart, ambition is about desire and determination. There's personal subjectivity here, says Tanya Kotler, Ph.D., an adult and child clinical psychologist based in Toronto. Ambition is about the goals you're reaching toward and the things you hold as valuable, important, and meaningful, says Sophie Brock, Ph.D., a motherhood study sociologist. Your ambition looks different from your best friends, whose ambition looks different from your co-workers. Our metrics for ambition are often conditioned by what we know from work or school, but frequently ambition clashes with societal expectations of what it means to be a parent, worker, and more broadly, a successful adult, says Dr. Brock, who is based in Australia. And ambitions sometimes shift, especially when a career-oriented person joins the parenting club. Look at the recent resi resignation of New Zealand's former Prime Minister, Jacinda Ardern. While she did not directly say that she was stepping down for family, she did say her tank was empty. She said, We give all that we can for as long as we can, and then it's time. And for me, it's time. Ardern was elected Prime Minister in 2017, and one year later she gave birth to her daughter, Nev. Adern went on to say that she was resigning because she knew she could win re-election. She wasn't done with the work, but her desire to be there for Nev was when she starts school this year overpowered her desire to put her career trajectory first. Her personal metrics for ambition changed. The Myth of Perfect Mother Within motherhood, there are many common and perfect pervasive narratives about what it means to be successful. The broader social construction of motherhood and the idealization of the perfect mother is expected to be able to both maintain and pursue a successful and thriving career and be there unconditionally for her children, providing 24-7 care and attention, all without adequate communal or structural support, explains Dr. Brock. Of course, the perfect model is impossible and unrealistic, and to some extent, that's the point. It isn't ambition itself that is problematic for us as mothers. It's what we're being ambitious about, where our ambition is directed, and why, says Dr. Brock. When Jennifer Wallace, a journalist and author of the upcoming book, Never Enough, When Achievement Culture Becomes Toxic, and What We Can Do About It, had her first son, she remembers channeling all of the ambitions she had as a reporter into parenting. I researched sunscreens and did deep dives on research papers about the best ways to raise competent kids. The parent-teacher conference became, became my year-end review. In a survey of 6,000 parents Wallace conducted for a book, she asked whether or not parents agreed with the statement. Others think my children's clap. Academic success is a reflection of my parenting. 
83% of parents agreed. The majority of parents surveyed also reported feeling as though their children's mental health and success in extracurriculars were reflections of their parenting. How do you measure the ultimate goal of parenting, which is raising children to be who they're meant to be and who they are, asked Lauren Smith Brody, author of the fifth trimester and founder of the organization of the same name that helps businesses support and retain moms and other caregiving employees and co-founder of Chamber of Mothers. I think a lot of people get really mired in the quote today and day to day measurements that let put them put the numbers and checklist behind what it is to be a good parent. Of course, there is nothing wrong with benchmarks, research, wearing multiple hats, or working hard. But when you feel like you're chasing something that's forever impossible, or if you struggle to keep up with ambitions you have as a parent on top of the ambitions you have as an individual, you can feel stuck, says Dr. Brock. It is also that many of the necessary support structures required to make parenthood both an ambitious and feasible journey for everyone are lacking in the United States. Systemic issues and factors such as socioeconomic status, access to reproductive rights, racism, and more plague the journey from preconception through parenthood. Research suggests, for example, that black parents are more likely than white parents to experience childcare-related job disruptions. They also report lower quality pediatric care than white families. Everything from how much you make to where you live and what you look like can impact your journey after a positive pregnancy test. In short, it can often feel nearly impossible to parent the way you want to. I think a lot of people internalize that and think there's something wrong with them. And until they start comparing notes with their friends and realize that it's a system, it is not us, says Brody. Channeling Ambition as a Parent So what is ambition in parenthood? To answer that, it's important to get clear on what your values are distinct from the shoulds society is selling you, says Dr. Brock. Ambition is usually a process of self-discovery, adds Dr. Kotler. It might start by realizing simply that you matter and that you have a right to your own feelings needs and wants. It's easy to lose sight of this, particularly as a woman and a parent, says Dr. Kotler, since society tends to condition women and mothers to put their needs last. You'll also want to think about what makes you feel good and in control and what fills fills you up versus what is depleting you. The next step involves structurally considering what support systems you have in place to reach certain goals while knowing that structural changes are imperative in redefining ambition as a cultural culture and society. Our systems need to be set up in a way that offers mothers, parents, and families greater agency and autonomy to be able to strive and cultivate their ambition in a way that aligns with their values, says Dr. Brock. After all, in some ways, it's a privilege even to be able to ask yourself, what do I desire, notes Dr. Kotler. That actually isn't always an option. Ultimately, though, finding a way to find your ambition, whatever it may be, matters, particularly in the context of mental health. Some one in five women experience perinatal or postpartum mood and anxiety disorders, PMAD, and ambition can be a central part of healing, explains Dr. Kotler. What ambition really is is, is a sense 
of meeting one's desires, a sense of control and competency, and a sense of subjective agency in one's own life. And those things are exactly what allows us to feel well, she says. When we feel like we are agents in our own lives, we don't feel helpless and we don't feel invisible. When we recoin ambition, it becomes an antidote to some of those parental stressors. Eight moms who used motherhood to reinvent their careers. When these women became moms, they realized motherhood was their passion. Here they share how being a mom helped them create a new career. By Jill Simonian, updated February 10, 2023. Many of us are told from a young age to strive for a career that we'll love. So we go to school, get training, and begin working up the ranks of a career field that we think will be in forever. But life has a way of adding plot twists to each of our stories. For these eight moms, stepping into parenthood opened a surprising door of opportunity for a fulfilling career change, even while changing diapers and juggling busy schedules. If you're wondering how to find a new passion that begins better aligns with your role as a parent, check out what these smart moms have to say about building a new career while raising little ones. You might just get inspired enough to take that leap of faith into a new exciting job. Wall Street banker turned baby gear site founder and author. With an MBA in finance and management from Columbia Business School and a pre-baby career ranging from publishing to politics, Allison Downey eventually worked on Wall Street only to get sidelined after her first pregnancy. An entrepreneur at heart, she founded WeSpring, known as Yelp for Baby Gear, and authored Here's the Plan, Your Practical Tactical Guide to Advancing Your Career Through Pregnancy and Parenthood. Downey's best tip, your personal network is the most valuable career asset you have. When I met someone new, I asked myself, who do I know who could help this person and introduce them? Investing time in supporting other people has come back to me tenfold. Nephrologist turned founder of an on-demand mobile, mobile healthcare app. Renee Dow, MD, formed Heal an on-demand mobile, mobile health care app with her tech entrepreneur husband after an agonizing experience in the emergency room with her then-infant son, aiming to reduce wait times and offer more affordable, convenient options for family medical care. The service offers highly vetted doctors to your door 12 hours a day, 365 days a year, for an affordable cost, and is covered by Medicare. Dua's best tips, I asked for help. I asked my parents, I got a nanny, and I had someone help me with my practice so I could focus on learning how to run a totally novel business. I also learned everything I could about the business model from the ground up. For example, I put together my own kit using my own medical record system and seeing patients in my neighborhood while Nick drove me around so we could understand routing and how to time visits. Feature film producer turned founder of a flexible child care company. A feature film producer before becoming a parent, Karen Beninati found the travel and unpredictable demands of entertainment and filmmaking nearly impossible to reconcile with parenthood. 
Finding flexible childcare for her working hours was an ongoing problem. Late nights, weekends, no contracts. So she created the solution she needed with We Village. Ben and Natty's best tip, don't be afraid to create something that doesn't exist. If you see an opportunity, take it and never look back. I saw the need for my business idea and had little capital, but I knew I wanted to create it and everything fell into place. It doesn't have to be perfect from day one, just make a day one. Pharmaceutical sales rep turned kids hat designer. Being denied a part-time work option when her second child was born after serving 10 years at her previous company, Kyla Darling took a risk and quit her longtime and beloved job. She created Tiny Trucker Company, starting with a line of family-themed trucker hats for parents and kids from her home with the goal of providing other parents an opportunity to work flexible hours while providing for their families working for the steadily growing California brand. Darling's best tip, I work a lot of late nights and early mornings before the kids wake up and after they go to bed. I also work some weekends with the support of my husband. I've turned my garage into a storage facility to cut the cost of renting space for my hats and I've relied on my family to help with kids more since I work all hours of the day. There's good reason Hustle and Mama is one of our best-selling hats. Kindergarten teacher turned founder and CEO of a marketing and event company and author. A kindergarten teacher up until the day she had her first son Liz Stern launched her national New York City-based marketing and event company to get her groove back after baby. Divalicious Moms, also known as Diva Moms, now has a database of more than one million parents across the country connecting high-end brands including Fendi Kids, Up a Baby, Stoke Strollers, and more with an elite group of parents and children in the New York area. Stern is also co-author of the best-selling book, If You Give a Mom a Martini. Stern is also co-author of the book, Motherhood is a Bitch, 10 Steps to Regaining Your Sanity, Sexiness, and Inner Diva. Stern's best tip, do your research. It's very important to not just jump in. Without researching your new job and or idea and prepare yourself for the change. Also, don't be afraid to ask friends and family for help. Commercial real estate attorney turned digital influencer. An attorney who once worked in the commercial real estate and specialized in transactions between 20 and 100 million. Rochelle Pitzel sought family flexibility and launched Club Mom Me, a Los Angeles-based event company for expecting and new parents when her firstborn was two months old. Pitzel is now a digital influencer, working with top-tier lifestyle brands in fashion and family space. Her best tip, free up your schedule of tasks you don't need to be doing to focus on your new career path. Outsource things like grocery shopping with Instacart, Google Express, and Postmates, or automate things like diaper shipments. Streamline anything else that takes up time you could be spent on working. Thank you for joining us for the parenting program. My name is Angie Flynn.